0: You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center. So I have this terrible habit and that habit is, is that I, rarely watch new movies because I'm always concerned that I'm not going to like the movie. So it's so much easier for me just to watch a movie that I've already watched that I know I'm going to like. This way I can guarantee that the movie that I watch I'm really going to enjoy and I'm not going to be disappointed. So sure enough, I was on an airplane for a very, very long flight where there had to be a hundred movies that were available for me to watch. And Sure enough, I just made the decision I wanted to watch something that I already knew that I've probably seen at least 30 or 40 times. And so I watched Apollo 13 again for the 37th time, probably. And I had forgotten how fascinating it was watching them solve all the different problems. If you've never seen the movie, you should see the movie. Shouldn't have to explain it to you, but it's about uh, a failed mission to the moon. I think they call it a successful failure. Anyway, it stars Tom Hanks and... And throughout the movie, they're constantly solving problems that are gargantuanly hard. And when you think about the fact that we went to the moon 50 years ago, and they're using slide rulers, and the computer processing power is like a tenth of what we have in our phones today, yet they were able to get there. So you watch them work together, they're under pressure, they're going to the moon, it's 50 years ago. And it's just fascinating and inspiring to watch. And obviously the reason I'm telling you this is because if you saw the title of this, podcast 111. We're talking about being a problem solver leader. And so I wanted to talk to you about problem solving in the contact center. And the the difference is, is that in the Apollo 13 movie or in the, the moon mission that they were on, they had a destination. It was planet Earth. It was getting these three guys back to Earth safely. It had an ending. But for us, if we work in contact centers, we we really don't have an ending. It It never stops. It's hour-to-hour, day-to-day, year-to-year, we constantly have challenges. And I'm not comparing leading a contact center to a mission to the moon, but I am saying that our challenge is that many times we don't have a destination. It's not a finite problem that we have to deal with. It's an ongoing set of problems that can change at any time, and it's never-ending. So there's a sustainability, there's an ability to continue on and maybe in many instances, solve the same problem over and over and over again as the circumstances change. But our, our challenge is a challenge none, nonetheless, right? We have to create delight and retain millions of customers in about half the time it takes to boil an egg using entry level, low paid, stressful, fighting unbending monotony with massively high turnover people And we have to do all this with quality over and over and over again. And that makes our challenge very big. It also makes our challenge one that's loaded with problems. And I love these two sayings. The first one is, is whether you win the lottery or you're bankrupt, you're gonna have the same number of problems. We all have the same number of problems in our businesses. They just are different problems. And it doesn't matter whether you, you get to a certain point or you solve a particular issue, you're gonna have a new set of problems. So being a problem solver is a core competency that you have to have as a leader. And the second old saying that I love is, is a saying that's related to sales, but it kind of works for everything else, which is you can't sell anybody anything if they can't answer yes to two questions, which is do they have a problem and do they care? And we all have problems, but I'm not so sure we all care enough about the problems and the challenges that are going on in the center and what I mean by that is, is that I think that there are times when a lot of leaders in contact centers have gotten to the point where we've just accepted survival. And you've heard me talk in the past about whether you're, you're trying to thrive or whether you're just trying to survive. And I think sometimes we can get ourselves in a rut where we're not growing, uh, we're not fixing, we're not excelling, we're just trying to hold on. And so we've accepted some problems and, and don't even try to challenge them anymore. So are you a problem solver? Do you have someone in your organization that you can go to that can help you solve your problems? Are you a person that's trying to solve big problems or just little ones? And what are your big problems? Do you know them right off the top of your head? Is someone actually working on them today? Are you? Are, can you look back and see problems and issues that you have solved? Are you constantly and consistently looking for solutions? I'm sure the answer in some respect is yes to all of that. and. I'm sure that you consider yourself to be a problem solver, but I wanted to talk to you today about what the attributes are of a problem solver and every one of these you need to have in order to be a successful leader. But you also need to have people, peoples, multiple people around you that are problem solvers. So you can close your eyes right now and think about who the problem solvers are that you have in your group the people that you can trust that are capable of that you'd hand a problem to if I gave you one today. And hopefully there's more than one person and certainly you would fit into that category. But as I walk through the attributes, I want you to think about the people that are around you. I want you to think about yourself and where you fit into that. You need to be a problem solver. You need to be somebody that has the capacity to be a problem solver and you need to have people around you that can do that as well. And so it goes without saying as a leader, that you have to be competent. You can't be a problem solver if you're not competent. And when I say competent, that's a need to really understand contact centers. And I know that there are a lot of leaders and a lot of organizations that can come in and just because of their their amazing leadership capabilities, they can come come in and lead just about any organization. And I'm sure that's true for a contact center, but it's not gonna be something you can do out of the gates without understanding and really getting contact centers, which is being competent. You need to understand queuing and Erlangs and time and quality and empathy and soft skills and customer experience and all the components that make up the very complicated environment of a contact center. So you need to be competent. The second thing is, is you just need to be smart. You can get away with it in a lot of different parts of the business, but if you're not smart, you're going to struggle as a leader. And if you don't have people around you that are smart, you're going to struggle as a leader as well. I think you gotta have a couple of qualities in every individual that works for you that you just can't live without. I think you need to have people that are that are passionate. I I think you need to have people that have a hard work ethic that really wanna work and I think they need to be smart. I can teach you anything else if you have those three components. If you have a work ethic and you're passionate and you're smart, I can teach you just about anything. But if you don't have those you're not gonna be a great problem solver. So with those as kind of a background, let's walk through some of the components or attributes that you need to have to be a great problem solver. And remember, these attributes are reflective of what you need to have, but they're also the attributes of the people that, that are working for you that you need to have where you can go to to solve problems, because if you don't have these, they're not gonna get there. The first thing that, that a problem solver, a great problem solver in a contact center needs to do is you need to be bold you need to not be afraid to fail and be willing to tackle big problems. I mean, this is the problem that our politicians are notorious for for not doing. They don't wanna sign up for the big problems because if they sign up for the big problems, they're gonna be tagged with those. Politically, it's gonna be a nightmare and they're better off just not doing anything or not really being connected to anything big, just kind of surviving in order to hang out. And, And I know that it sounds obvious, but you'd be shocked how many people are just afraid to fail. And as a result of the fact, they get to the point where they they just can't grow as a leader because they're afraid to make the decision. They're afraid to own the decision. I'll never forget the very first time I became a a CEO and I was in my first meeting where I realized that I was the person that ultimately had to make the decision. There were a lot of people in the room that were a lot smarter than I was. But ultimately, it was my job and my responsibility to make the final decision. And in 99% of those cases, I went with whatever the, the smart people told me. And when we had to guess, I was the person that guessed, but, but you have to be afr- not afraid to fail. So you'll never solve the problems that you have in your contact center, or in quite frankly, in your career, if you're afraid to fail, because you just won't be bold enough to do the things you need to do. And the second thing is with boldness is you have to have a desire to be much better. It's so sad how many leaders that I've met that are just hanging on. They're kind of the status quo. They really run really poor centers. And everybody's got an excuse why that's the case. I, I can't get enough money in my budget to do the things I want to do. Our contract, we just have to meet our bare minimum in our contract. You don't understand the turnover that we have. It's always been this way. You don't understand our technology. It's not up to speed. You should see the people that I'm burdened with. I have so many other things to do. My boss is an idiot. Go on and on and on. If you don't have a desire and a passion to be much, much better, you're not going to be bold because there's no reason to. You're just going to It's going to kind of stay where you are, and I think that's sad, and I think you should want more, and I happen to be doing this podcast at the beginning of a year, so don't let this year go by without solving some big problems, getting some recognition. You might get a raise. You might get a bonus. You might get a whole new job as a result of problems that you're capable of solving, and then when it comes to boldness, I'm not saying crazy. Right. I, I'm not saying that you need to do something crazy. There's lots of ways that you can solve issues and solve problems, not have to do something crazy. So I, I mean, for our clients, a lot of times they love what we have to say. They're just they're just afraid to do it with their entire organization. So we've said, listen, you know what, give us a team. Let us prove we can make people smarter and more motivated and, and actually change your numbers with just a team. And, it, and it's it's bold to do a trial, but it's not crazy versus changing over your entire organization if that's something that that you're afraid of or something you've done in the past that hasn't worked out for you. So boldness means that you're willing to make a change and take on some risk. but I'm not talking about taking on crazy risk, but you need to be bold in order to be successful as a problem solver. Next up is you need to be a finisher. People that solve problems are people that plan well and that's why they finish. A couple of podcasts back, I talked to you about a book that I'd read by Casey Costeca called The 7T Success System. Um, he's the CEO of Sarah, and um, it's a great book, and you should read it. But, but he talks in there about a, a system process that he, that he calls the DEPI model, which is define, explain, predict, improve. And, and he talks about the, the, the gap analysis that he does in trying to help them pick the right problems, the best one, the one that has the biggest impact or the highest urgency and how to prioritize and do those things. And and the thing is that people that are finishers plan well, they've got a process, whether it's the 7T success system or whether it's something else, but they, they've got a plan and they've got a plan that they can implement it. And, and if you're going to be a problem solver, you can't just have a great idea. You have to be able to, to work your way through it, validate it and finish to the end and finish to the end, even if it ends up being unsuccessful, because now I've learned more and maybe I can change or I can adapt or or I'm going to get the results that I'm looking for. And you can't do that if you're not willing to finish and you're not willing to plan accordingly. You have to gather the right resources, both quantity and quality. You have to pick the right team and don't start understaffed for an issue. There's nothing worse than trying to fix a problem knowing right from the start, you're going to fail. You're going to fail because you don't have the right resources. You don't have the right tools in place. You can't, can't accomplish what you need to get accomplished. And I know there's a little bit of a chicken and egg there. You say, well, Michael, I, I, I want to be bold. I, I want to solve problems, but you don't understand the resources. I can't get the resources. Well, pick a problem where you've got the right number of resources. And if you need to do more cost justification or more planning, more, more research to make sure that you understand what it is your impact is and that what the ROI is that you're going to get out of solving this particular problem and the benefits that you're going to receive, it'll make it a lot easier for you to get the right resources, both quantity and quality to do it. And then, you know, if you're going to be a finisher, I've got to make sure that I gather information. Is there an answer you don't know about? We tell people all the time that we sell people what they need, we sell people what they want, but we also sell people things that they didn't know they need or wanted, but after they talk to us, they realize that they do, and they decide that they then want them or need them. So how much time do you actually spend finding new options? How much time do you spend pursuing new ideas or different ideas, whether those are from vendors whether those are from other uh, other contact centers, people that may have previously been in, in your circumstance. Uh, I've talked to you about you know, networking with the call center network group to you know find ways to see what other people are doing. Uh, obviously, vendors are a great place to go. There's consultants, there's industry leaders, there's podcasts. There's a number of different places that you can go. But if you don't have on your schedule the ability to gather information, then you're not gonna be able to complete a project. You're not gonna be able to finish because you don't know enough about it to be able to do it. And then finally, in this finishing area, follow through has to be just tenacious. You have to be like a dog to a bone. Maybe you used to be really tenacious, but you're not anymore. I I, I always love to watch surfers get ready to go into the water. I, I'm not a surfer. I live near the beach. So I've come to appreciate how passionate these folks are about getting into the water with their surfboard. It is their happy place. And you watch them prepare and and get their surfboards ready and put their wetsuits on and, and, and they just can't wait to get to the water. It, it, it's the same sort of tenacity that you need in order to pursue a problem and fix a problem. It, it requires a tenacity and, and, and a passion to be much better and to accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish. And I really do ask you to, to do a test on just how tenacious are you. And do you have less tenacity today than maybe you did when you started your job? Or maybe you've been on a career path and your career path has stalled and you've lost some of the tenacity that's necessary to be successful. You've lost the passion to put the hard work in. You know what? A person that fixes problems, that solves problems for an organization or solves problems for a leader is the kind of person that gets noticed, the kind of person that makes a difference. Be that kind of person. And it comes by being a finisher. The next thing that you have to have is you have to have access to power. Nothing gets done without access to power. If it's you, do you have your leader's ear? Can you get the resources, help, and approval that you need to be successful? If you're the power to your problem solver, can they get to you? Do you fight for them? Do you listen to them? Are you open to new ideas? You can fix this. You can start to take on real conversations, whether that be with your leader Or whether that be with the people that work for you that are direct, that are informative, that are passionate. But you will not solve problems if you cannot make access to power. And the reason you can't solve problems, you can't have access to power because you've got no resources to get things done that you need to get done. You don't have the approval. You don't have the green light. If your leader doesn't see the problem the way you see the problem, you're never going to accomplish what you need to accomplish. You have to get your leader to understand and see the problem through your eyes or you need to understand and see the problem through their eyes the old adage which you've heard me say before what my boss finds interesting i find fascinating so you go listen to what your leader tells you are the issues and the problems that they want solved and then you go take the initiative to solve those problems or go volunteer to solve those problems and then finally in order to be a great problem solver, you have to be a realist earlier you heard me say that you've got to start with do they have a problem and do they care If your leaders don't see it as a problem, you're not going to fix it. If you don't see it as a problem, you're not going to get it fixed. Do you have any history of change in your organization? Is your organization the kind of organization that passionately will pursue a problem where you can stand out and make a difference? Is your excuse the same? Is it always IT? You know, lots of technology, but not many issues fixed. Maybe you've got the same old issues over and over and over again, and you've just decided you're just going to stick with them. You also have to be willing to deliver bad news as a realist. You know, sometimes you have to change in the, in the very middle and say, you know what, this is a bad idea. I can't fix this problem this way. Or sometimes you have to come up at the end to say, you know what, it was a great project. We thought it would give us the change we needed and it, it just didn't work, we missed something. And then you also need to be a, a realist when it comes to being very clear on talent, whether that be your strengths and weaknesses or the strengths and weaknesses of the people that work for you. If you're not really clear on talent, If you don't have a really good assessment of the talent that you're using and and you're not a realist on it, which means that I've seen many instances where people will start projects and they'll work with people that they know are incapable of actually completing the project because they're just not very smart. They're not the right people for the jobs, but they're the only ones that are available because they're all that's left because the other people are doing stuff that's way too important. So you have to be very clear on the talent that you have. And if you're not doing it on a daily basis, do it on a weekly basis, sit down and assess your talent. I guarantee you, you need a talent upgrade. There's no way with all the people that are working for you are all cream of the crop problem solvers that can hit it on all cylinders for you. And really, you've got this team that's extraordinary. that can get done what you want to get done. They may just need more education. They may need more, more motivation. They may need a pimp, or They may need to go work in a different area. They may need a demotion. But make sure you surround yourself with people that can help you be successful and, and to accomplish and solve the problems that you want to solve. Realist, access to power, being a finisher, being bold, and all of those together help you build the kind of skills and tools necessary for you to be a problem solver or for the people around you to be a problem solver. It was probably heresy in the beginning of this podcast to compare a contact center to going to the moon, or in this case, failure to go to the moon. But it's really not. You see, in that movie when Tom Hanks says, Houston, we've got a problem, he was communicating that he understood that, that things were wrong and things needed to be fixed. In their particular case, it was life or death. In your particular case, it might be career, life or death. It might be the difference between whether you stay in your same job at your same pay with your same bonus month after month, year after year. Maybe you get a promotion. Maybe you stand out. Maybe you do something so extraordinary that it changes the direction of your company. Wouldn't that be a cool thing to do? Maybe this is the year that it happens. But it only happens if, if you're a, a leader that's a problem solver and that you've surrounded yourself with people that can solve the problems. What are your problems? Are you intentional about solving them? Do you have the tenacity to finish? I hope so. You know, in order to be a great leader, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of focus. Problem solving is a great example of an area that, that is an attribute of being a great leader. It also requires you to bring somebody alongside. Have you found a mentor yet? Again, I'm doing this at the beginning of the year. We've started a new year. Did you go another year without having a mentor? Did you go another year without mentoring someone else? Pick your lane. Find something where you can help somebody else. Pour into someone else. You'll gain value from it. But more importantly, the people that you help, you could send their career off on a a run that you can sit back and enjoy and be proud of and watch them blossom and watch them grow. Listen, I'm looking forward to a great year of podcasts. If there's a subject you'd like me to talk about, let me know what it is. I think I'm gonna do some cool and different things this year, but would love to know if there's a subject or there's an area that you'd like me to dial down into, no pun intended, and do something for you. So if there is, let me know. You know how to get in touch with me? Look for me, look for my other podcasts. There's now 111 of them. If you've listened to all of them, thank you but I don't think you have. So there's plenty more to go, go search out, learn a little bit more, give me some feedback. Would love to hear it. And as always, would love to work with you as well. So have a, a great day. Look forward to talking to you next. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center. Coach.